So, Dion, Miss Fiance, how are you feeling, dear? I am just over the moon. (laughs) (laughs) No, I am literally just still floating. This is probably the first day that I've been able to look through all of the pictures and videos and not just start crying. And when I hear the two songs that the, the singer and the keyboardist were playing, like either Dewan will play them because he's trying to make me cry or they'll just come on the radio. And so I think yesterday was the first day that I was able to hear hours and hours and not just start bawling. So, yeah, Aww. it's been amazing. <laughs> Congratulations again. Thank Super you. excited yes. for you. So happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. So I know this episode we're discussing like how to get over a breakup, all things breakup to makeup. And there's a couple that I just have in the back of my head that I feel needs to hear this information more than anybody. <laughs> so Taylor, like what advice would we give Kim and Kanye on how to get over for this breakup? Because the way that it's portraying on in the media like, it's not right. It's borderline harassment right about now. I feel now. like it's Kim. I feel like it's just Kanye. That's well, the reason why I say Kim is because is there a time frame, a time limit on when you're able to no. start dating again no. after a marriage? No. Okay. A time limit? No, and and I think it's perfectly healthy. Like she's probably not jumping into another serious relationship. I just think she's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. And usually, when people are at the point that they're filing for divorce, the relationship has been Been. dead and over a while before Mm -hmm. that. So, so and I don't think. We make so many compromises in relationships anyway. I feel like the one time where we, like you could still be considerate of someone else's feelings, but not to the extent that I'm going to not live my life Mm -hmm. to help you move forward so that I can't date and meet other people and get out there. Like that's a hard And to where you're not considering your own too. Just, I mean, just imagine being married to Kanye for all these years. Like I'm tired for her. I am tired for her. (laughs) That is a lot of setting your feelings aside and and a lot of compromises to make somebody else happy. And just to have peace in your house, that's what I see it. It's just, I'm just going to do whatever just so it doesn't start an argument or for him to like go on a tangent or something. For him to try to change her. He tried to change her. He married a certain type of woman. He married a certain woman and he tried to change her. Like, don't yeah. dress like this. That's too sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though you know, it works out in her benefit. Stuff. Yeah, the social media stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it ended up bothering him. And people, you know, we can acknowledge that people go through phases and they grow and evolve. And what, you know, maybe he was cool with in the beginning, he wasn't anymore. But then it's like, well, what is the expectation and the the responsibility or the obligation of the other person to change with you it's like this is who I was and I respect and acknowledge that you may be moving past that but it's like so what do you expect of me (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. who I've been right so it's just it's tough but to answer your question um Kanye specifically needs therapy on a different level like therapy and medication but I think therapy is good for everybody's soul especially in a breakup and staying the hell off of social media. 
like go through that stuff privately and like just don't be messy and petty and just put it out there in the public and that's celebrity or not Kanye or not exactly those are two yeah. key mm-hmm. things of a breakup that are very healthy to adhere to yeah because when you get about, past that emotion and you see what you put out there in the atmosphere, oh my God. You like just the left- delete it anyway, delete it quick because you, you know. <laughs> but, but you're Kanye, so it's already been screenshot and shared a gazillion times. So it's like it doesn't even, it defeats the purpose to try and delete it. It's out there. And he, he doesn't feel bad about it because he just keeps doing it or he, he kept does. doing it. And so yeah. he... The way he handled it was so narcissistic, so manipulative to me. And it's, I think it was just unhealthy. And I'm like, poor girl. What bothered me the most was him talking about Kim and her family put out a hit on me. And, you know, they always do this to black men and my black kids. I was like, don't try to play that card now, bro. Like, go visit Trump wherever he is and put on your red hat. Because when we talk about evolution, like this isn't the Kanye that was talking about, you know, George Bush doesn't like black people during Katrina time. Like you, you ain't really been riding for us. So don't try to pull that card now to pull people on your side. I didn't appreciate that at all. He does a perfect example that that black people can profit off of black people is what, like, you know, we say that white people do that to us Mm -hmm. and, and profit off of, he is a great example of that because it's now I'm wearing all black I'm hanging with all black people I'm going to black events I'm ramen like everything has shifted but you was talking like your name was uh Pete (laughs) you know uh, last year so (sighs) yeah and to add to that I think what um got me the most is I think Kanye is representing representative of a lot of men out here and how they handle breakups like um not generalizing men i'm just saying that there's a subset of men that um that more than women do that feel like women are their possession as well i Mm -hmm. think somebody had mentioned it before and um and like that like that obsession or that like um that that need to feel like it's not over until I say it's over type mm-hmm. of scenario and, and controlling and just angry and manip- manipulative, everything we just mentioned. There are a lot of men that aren't famous that do that. And it ends up as well, like domestic abuse and stuff like that. And, and you know, we know domestic abuse is such a thing. So it just it's just so reminiscent to me of that type of pattern. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's what is so disturbing to me, not to mention the fact that they have four kids that you know have access to the media and will for so long and they'll have yeah. access to all of this messy yeah. divorce and breakups. Especially so. North. Like she probably reading the articles and access all of that. Like North and who is it? Saint mm-hmm. are definitely old enough to yeah. understand or go to schools, you know, where folks are <laughs> telling them about mm-hmm. their parents and everything that's going on. I can't even imagine. He's acting how men describe their baby moms. Like, you know, he's been married to her for all this time. Uh, North has been doing TikToks forever. We've seen them um, with her, her siblings, and her mom, and it's never been an issue. But the fact that you're going through a divorce, now you have an issue with your daughter being on social media. Um, And just how he's handling the whole kid situation altogether. I'm 
like I can only imagine what he's saying to those kids when he has his time with them, oh, his visitation time. So I, I do. I feel <clears throat> I feel really bad for Kim. That's a horrible situation to be in. Yeah. And when you talk about the manipulative piece of it, it's it's literally like he's playing to the population of people who mm-hmm. disagree with Kim and how active she is on social media and that she has her kids on, you know, social and um, having them follow in her footsteps. It's like yeah. he knows what buttons to put, mm-hmm. and, you know, what can amplify those naysayers against gaslighting, gaslighting yeah. like yeah. Trump does. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And now you're advocating for black fathers. And and he does, he's a narcissist. And just like the saying, when a narcissist tries to control you and when they can't control you, they try to control how people view you. And so he can't control Kim. He can't make Kim do it. (laughs) Kim won't do what he wants her to do. So he's trying to change the public's view of her. And it's just, everything's just, just manipulative. I can't stand, y'all know I can't stand that man. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's backfiring though, because I see yeah. more comments than not yeah. where, and the, and the media covers where they're just kind of like, yeah, you're crossing a line. Like this is, yeah. it is, it is yeah. too much. Yeah. yeah. But what about, there are some guys out there who are saying, I don't see anything wrong with what he's oh, doing. Oh, there's a lot of guys. There is a yeah. lot. That's yeah. why I said what I said, because that was disturbing to me mm-hmm. for a lot of men that were support that were defending him. And I'm like, he has given example over example. Like it's not one scenario, it's multiple scenarios, and you're defending him in every scenario. Like he's justified for first of all, you bought a house across the street from her. People and I heard a lot of men say, I don't see anything wrong. He's he he wants to be closer to his kids. No, that <laughs> you know, that's yeah. him trying to intimidate and control her. Um and, you know, you don't, you just don't do that because if, if a woman did that, I would say the same thing. Like, why are you stalking him? Like, why are mm-hmm. you, you know, invading his privacy? Um, and then when he was talking about, he couldn't see his daughter for her birthday and stuff. A lot of men, I read through comments quite mm-hmm. a bit. And a lot of the men were like, oh, he's just fighting for his kids when we don't fight for our kids. Then you mm-hmm. say, you know, we're deadbeat dads. And I'm yeah. like, that's not the way you fight for your kids. Right. You want to fight for your kids, <laughs> go to court. Yeah, that's get a lawyer. Get a lawyer. You can afford it more than anyone else. This is exactly why I feel he's doing it for attention because him more than anybody else, he has the means. So you don't need to put anything on, um, on, on media. You just can go, you have the money to afford it. So you're a prime example of, you know, and again, you're gaslighting and you're and and you're um, uh, creating this 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 movement of men that are supposed to um, represent you or or support you, but it's for all the wrong reasons. So, and I can see if he was with those kids on a daily basis, and then boom, he doesn't see them. But right. he was off in Wyoming, Wyoming. And he wasn't around there all the time, and yeah, then all of a concerts sudden, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and we get it. You're you know you have stuff to do. Nobody's if you're the primary bedroom or you just, you know, you have stuff to do, that's cool. But like you said, just, you don't just decide when you want to be full-time and when it's convenient for your career or not. So, And he wasn't doing all this when he thought, when he was gallivanting across the world with his other women. And it wasn't until she started dating. Then Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I'm doing it for my kids. I'm fighting for my family. Mm -hmm. Only when she started dating. 
Exactly. Oh no, he did it the whole time. He did yep. it even when he was out with Julia Fox because that they were asking her in interviews, how do you feel about him still fighting for his family? And she had made a comment. I think Dion's the one that told me um, where she was like, I mean, I don't mind him fighting for his family, but he's mine. Like he's with me or whatever. But that was, but that was she was already dating Pete by then. When yeah, we, but right. But so what I'm Kate saying, Kay is saying before yeah before, before she got with anybody he, we didn't really hear about any mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. kim kanye drama or him not being mm -hmm. able to handle the breakup well okay. the first the first time i remember hearing something is when he did the drake uh the concert with drake well drake appeared on one part of his concert girl <laughs> right we cannot call that a drake kanye Literally concert ever again promotion and marketing <laughs> but when he changed the lyrics to say kim, uh, yeah. you know yeah kim come back and then it just kind of escalated for there so from there but naya you touched on something that i was getting ready to say about to the women that he's dating it's like mm -hmm. you were almost kind of using this woman as like a get back and like, oh, well, let me make you jealous. You over here with Pete. Um, and then like, you can't handle it. It's not really working out for you the way that exactly. you're you know, trying to She's use not her responding. She's not responding. But, and so then you're still with this woman, like kind of spoiling her, taking her everywhere. She's on your arm. But then like, what are you leaving her and then tweeting how you want your family back? And I know Julia was looking at that and like, nigga, why you just left my house? Like, what is you know what I mean? And yeah. even if they were in on it, it's very possible that they were in on it. We're doing this for image, but it's still embarrassing. Super and so embarrassing. I don't know if they would agree to that. Like, it just but, makes yeah. them look crazy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So while we talk about how to get over a breakup, we know that you're not supposed to move next door to your ex because <laughs> that doesn't work. Right. Mm -hmm. And... Stay off of social media. Stay okay. off of social media. That is a huge tip. Yeah. Like, do oh your God. private, you know, wall slide, cry in the shower. <laughs> like, just kind of keep yeah. it to yourself. Think yeah. before you type, tweet, post. Just yeah. keep it off of social media because all that does is add more pain. You're usually regretful when you're in a different space. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about breakups. Like, it is such a... Like it can be an emotional, very emotional time, depending on what the circumstances yeah. are. You know, hopefully you're in a space where you're happy to be rid of it. And even in those spaces, like there was still a normalcy pattern trend that's going to change that you're now, you know, removing yourself from. But just know that it's a very emotional time. So you just have to be very careful with how you move and what you're going to regret later when you're in these ebbs and flows of emotion. So, but we acknowledge it's tough, but yeah, just. Stay out of social media, seek help, professional help mm -hmm. if you can. Like mm -hmm. we all can benefit from it. It does not mean that you are weak. It just is really giving you those tools and those resources to help you um, not even avoid it. Like you need to get through it, like work through it, process it. That'll just make you bigger, better, stronger for the next relationship, in my opinion. Stay off of social media and don't move next door. And yeah. I, I think what's important too is that you have to know when to acknowledge when it's over. And I think that's part of the reason. Yes, it's, you know, a moment to fight for it, try to get it back, but there has to come a point where you mm. say, it's never going to happen. You have to give up all hope and only then can you move forward. And then you go through yeah. the process of healing. But if you still think that it's hope 
and that you're still not reading the room and realize he or she is never coming back, then it's just going to be, you're literally torturing yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that I have noticed and become more aware of, and Kanye is a good example of this. It's like, we're expecting sane <laughs> or logical and logical and rational behavior, even if it's not to the extent that, that someone has a, a mental health issue. But like folks just, like not everybody has done the work. They're just not healed. They're not, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just a lot of hurt people with toxic behaviors. I didn't call them toxic. We learned that on another. <laughs> Thanks, Brody. <laughs> no problem. On another episode. But it's just like everybody, like people's the connections and folks' brains, like it's not just, it's just not always there. <laughs> yeah, not always. And it's, and sometimes it's like some people are spoiled and, or not just spoiled, but they've never had to cope with something. And so I think mm -hmm. that um, not, if you've always, if you went through life, pretty much getting all the things that you want. And then this one thing that you can, that you want, you can have, if you are an adult, you don't know how to cope with that. And mm -hmm. I can imagine, I think normal people may have dealt with things at a young age and you've learned how to cope and move on. You've kind of got your process down, but I can imagine that he probably went most of his life always getting what he wanted. I don't know about but that because if you watch his documentary, if you watch his documentary, the documentary is really dope. The documentary, but, um, just him, right? Like I can't see him getting his way all his life. He's dealt with rejection. He's not the finest or flyest man. I mean, but but for he's been rich for how long? So, couple so, decades. Okay. And so that I documentary started like the, what, 20 the, something years right. ago. Yeah. But so, my yeah. point is when you were saying like, you've never dealt with rejection, you know, as a kid or when you were younger, I think he dealt with a I lot of rejection. Forgot. So you would no, he think did. he would kind of be built for it. You, you um, and just so. know how to bounce back, but, but that's not just if not, it, the last time not if it was had to deal with it. It was like, yeah, yeah, like it's a long time. You probably thought it was over. Just, <laughs> right. Roll out the red carpet for you. You've been getting your way for like 20, 25 years. Yeah. I can see how it would be an issue. You're not thinking back to, damn, well, I remember when it was really hard for me to get a record deal back in 96. <laughs> no, I'm saying even for women though, like Kim is not the the first woman that him down. Didn't Amber Rose leave him too? And he, he was he, like he mad. He was done with her, I thought. Yeah, yeah he was kind of discarded her. Yeah, I thought and, that and, he and broke was, up with her. I mean, that she and, broke up with him. No, I yeah, thought it was and the other way around, but I'm not sure. Yeah, and I think also adding like kids to the equation, like I... I I, you know, I get that part of it. Like she's the mother of your four kids. I get that. Right. Um, but no, to your point, like you, you had a, a, a dose, a taste of rejection for a long time. The documentary definitely highlighted that. You made it a point to let us know that, you know, you're so bitter because you've been rejected. Like, you know, everybody in the industry, in my opinion, like has that a similar story to that. But anyway, you've had your way for so long that maybe it was a harsh reality to get back to that point where yeah. you're not used to being rejected all over again. Yeah. But 
And when you get to a certain status, you you think that having whatever you want kind of comes with that level of status. And I think Kim was different. He's always had an obsession with Kim, even before yeah. they were together. He's mentioned like the moment he saw her that he was like, who was he still with? Who's he dating? I the first Amber time Rose. Amber. Amber, Amber, yeah. Like Amber. he was um, mm-hmm. with her. Um, and that was his dream girl. And she doesn't want him. She got an unattractive young right i was like that's your rebound even for that to be your good time boy it's like <laughs> he he's funny he's, you know he's funny he's you know them funny dudes I, I think it's Ariana just Grace him giving her before. i'm sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> funny yeah. but also he's normal he's like normal. she's had the high profile relationship and lifestyle i've gotten all the glitz and glamour from Kanye, I think, what's his name? Pete Davids, what, whatever Pete his Davidson, name is. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted I think to call he just gives her like a normal <laughs> lifestyle. What'd you say? <laughs> well, less normal. He's still a celebrity, but it, to your point, there's levels to celebrity. He does normal Definitely shit. not the yeah. mega uber stardom that, well, shit that Kim's like. But I think she's too. able to let her hair down with him. I don't yeah. have anybody when I'm getting dressed that's picking out my clothes and telling me this is how you need to look and I'm wearing, and he's wearing a mask over his face. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that would like create. So you want me to cover all of this? Yeah, he takes her to get coffee and pizza, like little simple things yeah, just that Kanye just wouldn't things, do. They matter, yeah. especially to a woman who has it all. If I have mm-hmm. it all, what's the best thing to give somebody that has everything? It's just give them like a simpler, yeah. easy, peaceful life. And I a think normal that's what day. She with well, give her a normal I feel, day. Mm-hmm. I feel sorry for Pete though, because this is I feel like his second go around with being the rebound because he was Ariana Grande Grande <laughs> yeah. rebound after Mac was his yeah. name. Yeah. Mac Mac Miller. Mac Miller. And then, yeah. And so you know he I mean, almost committed you, suicide after that one. Remember, so mm-hmm. I feel like he's like loving with his whole heart, his whole being. And he gotta know what it is. It's like I don't know, but then how do you turn down like yeah. Kim? But look at Pete. Story. Look at Pete's list, though. Pete has a pretty impressive portfolio of who he's wasn't been paying able... attention before. Yeah, Ariana. I don't know anybody that he's dated other than Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande, Kim, and there is one more. I'm trying to think. Gosh, I can't think of... That's pretty how impressive. does it go though? Like, how does Kim and Pete interact? Well, she like... did SNL. Oh, that's where she they did SNL. But she's like, but damn near twenty years older than he is, or not that old, but like maybe fifteen. Like it's a oh, significant age difference. He's not even that. thirty. <gasps> really? I actually think it's genius though because he I came don't. out with Julia, and he's been flaunting her, and then she goes and gets the guy that imitated Kanye and and made and clowned him like yes. he imitated him. And I think it was genius. Like, she was yeah. like, okay, I'll find a younger guy as well. And I'll find the guy that clowned you, that played you in, like, you know. So I, I actually think like that it. it was, well, peace out. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I, get, I mean, I agree. I, I, I think it's pretty dope I, that she did that. Like, what better way to get back mm-hmm. at him? Yeah. But you still have to look at him. Like, I cannot yeah. look at He looks like he showers once a week. That agree. is true. And he looks, but then funny dude sometimes. Well, he, he is, does. Like he, a, he, has, he has lupus. 
Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, Dion, damn. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she didn't know. She we didn't know. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he has something. I, I thought it was lupus. I think it's lupus, but he he definitely has a medical condition. That's why he has the bags under his eyes and all that. And then yeah. he's also, I think it's like what kind of men are you attracted to? Because you go from one guy who has mental health issues and then Pete has been all over the news to where he's been medicated yeah. in and out of rehab, committed suicide, you know, attempted suicide before. So it's like, why would you want to deal with that again to where you're going, you may potentially have to bring somebody back to good health, you know? Mm. Maybe uh, she's not in there that's... for a long time. She's just there for a good time. For a good time. So I think that's what another takeaway is we're putting our lists together, like rebound, get you somebody that, <laughs> that you can some people. with. Yeah, but I recommend that for some people, though, because some people, I agree. Look, look I think some people, though, are if they're too emotional, if they're the type of person that falls in love with everybody that they deal with. No, stay alone. Heal. Yes, that is true. But if you are able to separate your emotions, yeah, go go get a distraction. Go get your rebound. Get you a skeet. Have you all <laughs> ever had a rebound, a distraction? And how did that work out for you? Who, me? You all said, of us. Oh, yes. yeah. That, it works out for me. Because you know I'm not in tune with my emotions like that. No. I must have been the person that um, fall in love with the rebound because I'm married to him now. <laughs> Four decades. Right. Life. Well, I guess it was like a rebound and a rebound. I was with my husband as a boyfriend and then started talking to somebody else and then went back to my husband. So, you know, it worked out. It worked out. <laughs> That's so uh, funny. So what else do you all didn't do? Know, now so he does. What are y'all techniques to getting over a breakup? Girl I, trip. <laughs> girl trip. I always give back to an online dating app. But then I, it just doesn't work out. I get bored. And, you know, you sitting there, really all those interactions just remind me of who, you know, whoever I'm trying to get over. And so I definitely have my super sad period. Um, but then I start getting just involved in my other activities or like getting very, so whose dog is it? Who else? <laughs> who the fuck else? I'm like, really, man? <laughs> we should we should leave that in. Um, so yeah, I default to the dating app because that's my go-to. Like, let me find a distraction. Yeah. Never works out. Um, and then yeah, I just kind of immerse myself in like activities and social outings and all of that stuff. Or if I'm like self-reflective and be you know don't understand why it happened and. Sometimes we can be start being self-deprecating and be like, oh, it's because of X, Y, and Z. So it's like, okay, if that's what you think it is, then what can you do to change that or level up and, you know, use that time to um, get better? And then it's like, oh, okay, I got my flag back, you know, who's next? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I would... Oh. No, real quick. I was just going to say, um, I, I 
tried um, throwing myself into fitness before and it really worked out because then you end up with a whole new, you know, uh, outcome. You know, if you're focused mm -hmm. on your goal, then you come out with results. And now it's like a better version of you, better, sexier feeling or looking you. And you're more confident to step back out there when you're emotionally ready for it. That's definitely worked to my advantage before. And then um, also like just even if you're not ready to date, just socialize, like go out there, flirt a little, put yourself out there because like dip, even if you're not emotionally ready to move out, like dip your toe in the water, just make sure that just see what's out there. Like you may not even realize that you're um, still marketable or still attractive or still have um, like your little, your little swag or I don't know what the replacement yeah. word for that is. <laughs> and, if you, and maybe you I'm need to work swag. on it. Yeah, or maybe you're rusty and you need, you know, yeah. to work on it a little. But I think going out and socializing and just putting yourself strategically, putting yourself out there, like maybe social events and or even bars or just whatever, just something is is helpful. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think it's really important to have that period of self-reflection, though. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. you know, we talked about doing the work um, previously. So just like, yes. You know, there might be a list of things um, that the other person did wrong that contributed to the breakup, but being able to take a step back and being self-reflective and being like, okay, well, what could I have done differently or how could I have responded to this? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, doing the work to work on yourself, not just to heal, but, you know, again, getting getting better and making sure that you're not taking that baggage into the next um, relationship. So yeah. I think that's super duper important. And that ties into therapy and whatever else we were talking about before. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I always had like a phased process. So like I would, you know, I would have like one good cry, you know, like I'll, you know, but cry it out. But, you know, I can't stay. I can't stay in that low space too long. And then I would... After that, then I would go into the, okay, the learning situation. What did I learn about myself? What did I learn about other people? Did I ignore red flags or, you know, like just kind of go through the mental process. And then I um, focus on the things I didn't like about them. You know, I have this innate ability to pick up everybody's flaws, including, including my own. And I just think about all the little flaws that I looked over when we were together and I just dwell on them. Like, ugh, <laughs> I didn't like the shape of your nose or you couldn't grow a beard <laughs> or, you know, whatever it was. And then I pretend that you die. And that's why I don't keep in touch with any of my exes. <laughs> then it's like, <laughs> you die. they're all dead. They're, they're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then I move on. <laughs> of course. I actually didn't have like a super strategic, methodical approach. <laughs> <laughs> getting over that's, a breakup that's so funny because my equivalent to you being dead is when I friend zone you like once I friend zone you like nobody's ever come out of the friend zone so it's like you're, you're dead to me as a lover like you're like you've entered the friend zone oh you lost all your chances oh, that, that's different than being dead boo right <laughs> no in my head you know like I'm able to like I'm to like, me you're de I don't care how yeah, you're, you're doing no I don't care where you are I don't care what you look like like you're mm. just gone you don't exist you're gone and so that's yeah. interesting okay because I also have very 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 few people that I was romantically engaged in that I'm still friends with mm -hmm. I don't know 
fear. I don't know that I have any because it's like, what? Well, so definitely now that I'm in a relationship, like I don't see the point and especially depending because we've talked about this before we have episodes most men can't be in that friend zone so yeah, if you know. every time we have a conversation you want to go down memory lane and this this isn't that it's like okay so we're not friends and it's like right. what's the point of this but I don't know that I like kill them off in my head like Kay does you friend zone them I mean I She's do, like, not even friends. I've just relocated. Like, they're in a whole different demographic. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> what about you, Naya? I think it depends on where I'm at in my life um, and the level of maturity um, that I'm at. I've been through, I went through a phase to where I would replace you with somebody else, and that didn't you know, work very well. And then I got into my phase where I was like, okay, you know, it's time to get your mind and body right. And I went into this whole spiritual journey, not in a religious sense, but just, you know, mentally getting myself together. I would say that that was the best way that I got over somebody because I was able to kind of, you know, look at everything, not the, not nitpick and find like, I don't like your nose, but just, you know, reevaluate the whole relationship <laughs> and see, you know, these red flags that I was missing and Shania, you didn't need to be with this person in the first place. So, cause you go through that phase to where you're like, well, what happened? What could I have done? And then when you really uh, do like a thorough assessment of the whole relationship, and I was like, you know what, you weren't, you weren't meant for me anyway. It was not mm -hmm. a good person to to be in my space. So I would say that that would be the best way. Um, I never like really was a big crier. Um, so I can't say I ever went through that phase of it all. I've never killed anybody off. I'm super emotional. I am a cry baby, which is also why I know despite like my default being let me try to go find a distraction and, you know, someone to go out on dates with and I get online. Like I'm, I'm just an emotional dater. So I know that that's yeah. not going to work with me because if I'm going through a break, oh, my feelings are hurt. I'm sad. And <laughs> <laughs> like, I, really I wonder know. what he's doing. <laughs> now I will say, I will say my fiance now I met going through a breakup with someone I had been in a relationship for like three years or so. So that is interesting, but you know, he just, that's, that's just him. Cause he, now we didn't get together right away, but it was just like, Oh, okay. Like this is a, a you know, something else to focus on. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. this, like we didn't worry about that over here. So. I guess it's but, levels to be an emotional dater. Cause I, I, my emotions are tied to it when I'm dating. So I will wonder like, what the hell are you doing and who are you with? Yeah. And you know, you should be here with me, but that's why I don't think the rebound thing, cause it the whole matter. time that I'm with you, I'm like, I really don't want to be here. I really don't mm -hmm. like you. I, sometimes it makes it worse. Comparing. It makes it worse. <laughs> it makes it sometimes. Worse. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you're like, you yeah. don't make me laugh the way that he does yeah like, sometimes yeah and then sometimes unless like, that rebound is a really good catch right yeah, yeah. like because a, a good rebound yeah, all of that that's true mm -hmm. that's true i lived it yeah very true
<laughs> what do you think about the people? Because uh, I um, and and I know women handle uh, breakups differently. So I've had friends that handle breakups, and I'm like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> but um, the ones that are obsessed with, I just need closure. I just need oh. closure. Do you? Is that? I don't understand that because my closure is I killed you off, but. Right. Is that a real thing? Like, can it a person is. really get closure? Really? No. No. <laughs> well, I think it, it it depends on how the breakup happens and and when, like what how they're defining closure. Mm-hmm. Because if you know, depending on how fucked up the guy is, like if he just ghosted her, or there was just like no explanation, like. Like, just tell me something, you know what I mean? And I I remember reading an article um, where someone talked about, like, almost like an exit interview. It's like, you know, like, let's just talk about it. Is there anything for me so I can go get me, you know, level up on the next (laughs) relationship or something like that? But it depends on what their definition of closure is. But I think that also ties into knowing when it's over. Because sometimes I think closure is code and really means like I just like a chance. Yeah. I want to talk again. Yeah. 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 if there's a way I can get back in the door if the door right. is still open so right. I think closure yeah. can exist it just yeah. depends on what that actually means for right. and I, I can understand especially people, someone broke up with someone and didn't tell them why or ghosted them that I can understand because you again as I I understand part of the process is reevaluating the relationship, what you could do right. better and all of that. And if you don't have that at if all, no then I can contact, understand that. Yeah. But if someone's like, this ain't working, I don't like you anymore. And it's like, oh, I still need closure. <laughs> I'm like, what else do you need? That's they need the ones to I be don't understand. connected to that person and still have those lines of communication open. Mm-hmm. And I think it's killing them that they mm-hmm. don't have that access anymore. So closure is like, well, I, I can just talk to them again, and yeah. you it's know, I mean? so it's actually a really unhealthy space mm-hmm. yeah. to be mm-hmm. in because that's like we can call that, you know, kind of like the timing aid, like just not knowing when to let yeah. go and just let it go and, and figuring yeah. out some. You know what? I just heard it might have been on Instagram. I heard something the other day where they're like, "If you need closure, make it up. Like, yeah, create mm-hmm. a narrative. This is why we broke up. This happened, and then use that to help you." heal, do the self-reflection um, or whatever so that you can get to the point where you kill them yeah. off like, okay, and they're dead. Yeah. Get a journal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's well, I, I never used to, I didn't get journaling or like it just didn't speak to me, but I have definitely been in a space where it has been so helpful and like mm-hmm. therapeutic to me to just like one, because my memory is trash, and so I, it really, <laughs> I appreciate you for your honesty. My memory is trash, and I remember when I was younger, like, I would have my pink diary with the hearts in it and the lock, like, when I was in middle school, but now it's, like, helping me. One, just, like, I, I wrote down every single detail about my engagement. I was like, I want to remember every single thing I don't want to forget. Um, but then also when I was going through a breakup, like just helping me process those emotions, because I've noticed I can get in a headspace and just kind of spiral and like stay there. And it's almost like when I put them down and I'm, I know folks who journal are like, duh, that's the point. But I just It gives you clarity. Yeah, I just yeah. wasn't. It's interesting that it, it I just discovered it um, 
you know, fairly recently or that it, I put it into practice and, and saw the benefit because I just yeah. didn't do nothing for me before. <laughs> People love journaling. I just have anxiety about writing down, documenting my thoughts. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that, that is fair. Like a TV series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like exactly. someone knowing my inner thoughts. Like, like, like it's exactly. so private. Yeah. In the inner box. But no, I don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't about that. Like that movie, Sex Life. Yeah. That's what I say, yeah. 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 She didn't password protect her thoughts. (laughs) Breaking the state. Right. (laughs) Insane. What's the craziest, um, what's the craziest breakup that you all have have had? (laughs) Kay has to go. Yeah, I know the (laughs) answer. I'm this is the best story ever. I did get my closure. I, I had to get vengeance. <laughs> let's hear, let's hear about it. Details are fun. I can't, I can't do that. The story is so <laughs> hilarious because I know which one you're going to tell. You are. It's so long ago. Nobody's going to judge you. You were just I'm a, a little... different person now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't because I'm just not proud of that at all but yeah but you know how they say sometimes you know revenge you never feel better never makes you feel better makes you feel worse i absolutely disagree with that because it did make me feel better and then shortly after i killed him off (laughs) so you know but that was yeah and i'm I'm sitting up there trying to egg you want to tell your story and i realize i have a pretty embarrassing version Let's just say it involved um, property destruction and, um, yeah, police were involved. Oh. (laughs) It was, like, my very first, like, really toxic, you know, just, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, <laughs> I've never been pushed to this place before. I don't want to go here again. But yeah. I did feel, yeah. I did feel better. And just to provide some balance, it, it was, you know, bad behavior on both sides. Like, we were both like, we're like, what are we for, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I kind of felt good. Um, but yeah, that's my little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Naya? I was waiting for joy. <laughs> mine was pretty pathetic mine was pretty much the opposite it was like my one lesson I was more like he broke up with me and I was like uh, like trying to get trying to get the relationship back even though there was really no reason for us to get back together because he was just all the way bad for me but I was just very it, it was so long ago and I was just very Um, it was like my first engagement. I was so young and I was just so in love and not ready to let go and just willing to just drive through every red flag. Yeah, just, I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted the relationship. And so I was just, um, I wasn't strong enough. And so when he left me, I was, I was just like constantly calling and just, so it was pathetic. You were Kanye. well. No, I was. I wasn't. No, I wasn't Kanye. I'll tell you why I wasn't Kanye because Kanye is also manipulative, and um, you know he's emotional. He has ranges of emotions through the breakup. 
I pretty much just stayed pathetic the whole time. You know? <laughs> I didn't get angry. I didn't get destructive. I didn't buy. You know, I didn't get rent an apartment right next to you know, or buy a house right next to him. It was just, you know, it was just like I. But I'm not ready to break up. I, I was young. Oh, and. Yeah. But I tell you, I became a monster after that. <laughs> and that's what it's about. What's the meme? Growth. It was, it was, yeah, I grew <laughs> overnight with that one. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. And what about you, Naya? I really don't have any crazy stories that I can think of. That's why I was listening to y'all. <laughs> Not that I can think of. I mean, I've, I've bleached some clothes here and there, but. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah, I, I did not. <laughs> No property damage that I can think of other than taking a door off the hinge, you know, just simple <laughs> things. <laughs> I'm too afraid of jail. Like, I just, like, <laughs> no, I like. Oh, you're the, you're, you're the, you're the um, scary crazy. You're like not the crazy the where crazy. I'll go oh, break your yeah. windows. I'll just take the doors off the hinges. Because I feel you like you're pushing me to the limit. Like okay. I stay pretty mellow the majority of the time. I don't really try to involve my emotions that much, but once you get me there, right, it's wrapped. Like but Chucky. the door, though, the door huh? turns into an incredible the door. Horror. Right, it's like <laughs> 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 the door. It's off you think you can leave? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And the fact that it's like, you know, here or there. So this is definitely a pattern. This is her <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I'm going to leave, take the door with you. I was like. That's a lot of effort. That's a lot of time to think while you're. Like, I what, well, that was the point of like removing the door. Was he slamming doors? No, no, or? no. He wasn't slamming the door. I wanted to have. I wanted to have closure, Dion. I wanted to have that final. <laughs> I wanted to have that final conversation before I exited left, and he closed himself in the room because he was he was like, no, because you're going to do something. I was like, no, I just want to talk, and he closed himself in the door, and so I was like, okay, well, then I'm going to remove the door. <laughs> Y'all are exactly what I was talking about with the Broadway situation. And here I go putting it on men. <laughs> Terrible. This is crazy. You could have saw his face on the other side of the door. I can't imagine his He probably face. still tells the story to this day. Oh, you know what it is? He took the, took the door off the hinges. You know how all men always have the crazy talk. woman stories? Yeah. I guess we've mm -hmm. all been that crazy woman. We're oh, all know. Yeah. I know he was so stunned. That I is am so not that funny. woman anymore. So that's a good thing. I've definitely learned from my mistakes and that's that. Yeah. I feel I bad. Need... You know, like I don't, you know, I feel bad the thing, my revenge, you know, things that I did. I really, in retrospect, I look back. You like, should. Oh, you should. <laughs> Now, for all the viewers and listeners out there, when we ask these questions, we already know. No. We're just trying to add you into the conversation. But if you knew what this girl did, <laughs> she should and feel she that. Tells it so well. I hate you all. We'll never know. But it is just take our word for it. It is like crimson. It's on so bad. Some crazy ass breakup. <laughs> 
That's hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> Lordy jeez. Are you all the type that use music to help you get over heartbreak Shania and what type is. of music? Shania I mean, is. Really? She wants you to stay in a really freaking sad place <laughs> and cry. So you listen to sad she music? Is. No, let me tell you. So I listen, <laughs> I it, it I depends on my mood. <laughs> my, the music that I listen to, my playlist, it's attached to how I feel right there. So it's so funny because Dion, now love is all over her. So this is, this is past <laughs> so far talk, removed. We can talk, we can talk openly but, about it. <laughs> but at the time, love was not shining on this girl. And she was in a really bad place she was going through a bad breakup so i love music so i'm sending her songs <laughs> i literally had to text her and be like this is not fucking helping like don't, i don't she was like shania i'm not listening to any of those songs they all make me sick <laughs> and so when i did finally listen to one just like i thought i'm like and I was like, so mental note in my journal, don't <laughs> listen to shit. <laughs> I find them so they unhelpful. Like, no, like, that. I don't usually, so for myself, I, I usually don't listen to like really sad. The songs that I sent her, I don't think that they were like really sad. It was more like a, a Okay, that was kind of sad, but it was like <laughs> sad, but then F you, I'm about to get on my ish, you know, I'm about to, okay. I'm about to kill it out here in these streets kind of thing. I, was, I, I never, I could have But she never that got to that part of the song. She only heard the beginning saying, you hurt me and I loved you, but she didn't get the second verse. Where the girl was like, yeah, you hurt me, but I'm about to get on my shit. Like, she didn't get to, she didn't get to that. So, so that's her fault. That's okay. her fault. She's yeah, like, that's, that's her fault. She stopped listening. <laughs> but when oh I tell you that Jasmine Sull uh, Sullivan, get out your feelings, like songs like that, that would make my mood so much better because then it takes it off of me. Like, you all sensitive ass bitch. Like, you know, like that's what I think in my head. So I'd be like cleaning the house and everything with that song. I gotta listen, but every I gotta listen to hard shit. Like, yeah, she like, was very. No, she's that's gonna yeah. Janae Aiko. Right, I sent her Janae Aiko's whole album. I was like, the but I wasn't sad. So I was a bad friend because I wasn't sad at the time. I was the way she handled that breakup with Sean. Uh, what's his name? A big Sean. She's the worst. It was bitter. I sent her bitter. Oh my god! The whole album. She sent me this one song. She was like, "Oh my god, this reminds me of you all and your breakup so much." Oh no! I'm not listening to it. And then when I did, I'm like, "Well, I've reverted back in my." Process. I'm back. Uh, I said, "Tiana yeah. Taylor." Remember, I was like, "You got to listen to this album." And a reminder to our viewers and our listeners: Shania is our music, our resident music expert. So, like, it's not album to come through out. a breakup. Don't <laughs> not for a breakup. Right? No, <laughs> just ignore those. Come back to the yeah. better. So she was sending me Tank's new song that he came I out with. I'm like, <laughs> Anthony Hamilton. And the crazy thing is that it's not registering to me that I'm sending her sad songs. I was like, yo, that song is dope. You didn't like that? It's just like falling. I mean, she's boo boo crying. Like, you're so weird. She's so 
weird. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Oh, oh no, I buried R and B. That same breakup, I buried and I I like buried R and B and slow music. And ever since then, it's been yeah, nothing but not a big R and B at all. For, oh, like literally that for that reason, mm. like literally, like I buried it with that breakup, and I was like, never <laughs> again. Am I listening to pop music? <laughs> That's never beautiful. again. You're never tapping into that side of me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> even we go on a road trip in Atlanta, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. love. <laughs> I know Jay was in that car miserable. It's okay. I'm, I was in a good state. I was able to hear. Oh, that is so. That's funny. why she fell asleep on you, Kay, in that front seat because we were playing R and B music. She was trying to tune it out when we went to the waterfall. I was like, oh man, this oh. reminds me of my breakup. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. I definitely uh, know back in the day, Lil' Kim. Mm, that she got just, me she, through. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That classic old school Lil' Kim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Janae, how you go? No. Here, bitch, cry. Do y'all listen to it sliding down the shower? <laughs> <laughs> Naya, Naya forces you to face it, like face it, get it out your system, go through it, mm -hmm. go and then journal it. about it, feel it burn, let it burn. Mm -hmm. oh, remember that so Usher? So remember that Usher um, album when he broke up, when um, him and Chili hey. broke up, and he like documented his whole breakup. Was, was it confession? Confession was a yeah. dope album. No, it was. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just imagining like if that was like current current day and like somebody's going through a breakup and you have them listen to that, it's like, oh my God, that's painful. Yeah. That's how people felt about Summer Walker's album. It was like, mm. you know, she's helping them get through. But mm. I'm listening to them like I can't relate. But I get it. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was a you Naya that music. said that Summer Walker was like this generation's Mary J. Blige. Yeah. And so like Really? I'm wow. like, yeah, I can see, I can that. see that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, we got Lemonade from Jay-Z and Beyonce breaking up. We got Share My World and What's the 411 and every other Mary J. Blige album <laughs> when she broke up with KC. Like, we have gotten mm -hmm. some great music from breakups. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We got The Blueprint when Jay-Z broke up with Beyonce. We got Song Cry. That's a beautiful mm -hmm. song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To the extent when they happy, we like. Really? I don't want you to be happy. It's toxic. The way I feel mm -hmm. about artists is super again. toxic. Like, yeah. I don't want to hear Mary J. Blige talking about good Being morning, happy. gorgeous. When she was happy. Yeah, when she, what was that album that. when she was happy? It wasn't that good. When she was all happy in her relationship. 11 years out of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Let's get it crunk up on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> don't. Uh, now that we all know we I know. Us, that was a great conversation. <laughs> so don't listen to anything that Kay said, because obviously she doesn't follow her own her own suggestions and <laughs> her advice. Oh man. All right, enough of this crazy talk. I enjoyed seeing the levels of crazy we all have. <laughs>
So the more mentally stimulating information (laughs) stimulate our brains. So if you're anything like me, watching the news is exhausting because it's always some tragic story involving our young men and boys. I feel like no one really wants to talk about it fully, but it's clear there's a serious male crisis going on based on the data and examples I'm about to provide. First off, suicide amongst boys are three times the rate of girls. And then the leading cause of death of black men between the ages of 10 and 20 is homicide. Black men make up 43% of murder victims, despite only being 6% of the population. And as we know, the large majority of black men murdered were murdered by other men. Men committing mass shootings have tripled since 2011. And then high crime and mass incarceration led to the prison population going up 700% since 1973, and 94% of them are men. Also, men's overall health has been declining and now have an even shorter life expectancy. In addition, boys today have a slower sperm count and younger men are twice as likely to die than women of things like heart and lung diseases, cancer, and accidents. While obesity in women is finally stabilizing, it's increasing for men. A third of men aren't even fit for military service. Health and crime are not the only indicators because young men are also falling behind educationally, which impacts their financial stability and earning potential. In the past, 60% of men had college degrees compared to 40% of women. Now it's flipped. More women are in college than men in a time when college education is a predictor of future income level. If you think about it, many of the jobs men used to dominate are being outsourced overseas, like in manufacturing, whereas professions women dominate, like healthcare and education, are pretty much recession and outsourcing proof. The economy moved from manual labor to more mental labor, so higher education today is more important than ever. Without education, the chances of unemployment increases. Even though women have been increasing their earning and becoming more financially stable, women still expect men to be providers. So while the world has drastically changed, the expectations of men have not. So how do we get here? Many people will have many different reasons, um, from feminism to the economy to white supremacy. Now, these are all factors, but it's more to it. And it's also started a few generations ago. So basically, the root cause of the crisis is created by the easier access to the means of survival brought on by scientific and technological advances, which I will touch on, but also the policies that rightfully gave women equality. These advances gave women more freedoms and choices like whether to work, whether to get married or get divorced or serve in the military. Now, back in the day, men had a built-in sense of purpose. They were warrior, sole provider, and once men stopped being drafted for war and women stopped solely depending on them to survive and started working and sharing the provider load, both of those roles were valued less than before, creating a purpose void within many men. Some argue that young men responded by turning to destructive behaviors like drugs, alcohol, or delinquency because of their lack of purpose and fear of not being needed. The consequences of all this led to a continuous cycle of trauma and an increased number of broken homes, which is detrimental to the overall family structure. Men tend to give their sons more structure and boys tend to emulate the men they see around them. And when the father's not there, boys miss out on this needed guidance and structure. 
the fatherless home left boys vulnerable to recruitment from gangs, into crime, exploitation from predators, or they dove into the virtual life like video games or porn to mask their lack of purpose. Overall, I believe the crisis our boys and young men are in was caused by a multi-generational societal failure to mentally prepare boys for the changes in the world from the technological advances, the political and economic realities, as well as an increased options for women. We focus so much on helping girls thrive after countless generations of oppression that we forgot to tend to our boys by helping them adjust and find a new sense of purpose. So what can we do? Stop turning a blind eye to what's going on with our boys and support programs that are focused on their well-being and mental health, which helps prevent crime and other issues. And I know it sounds weird, but have family dinners. Believe it or not, studies show that family dinners help with boys' emotional intelligence, their emotional and physical life, and their sense of purpose. Two men, Focus on your mental and physical wellness. Wellness is more than just lifting weights in the gym, only working on your arms, but eating right and managing your stress. Also, there's no shame in seeking therapy. Stop fighting for once was like those manufacturing jobs and adjust to reality in the new economy. When career planning, focus on more mental work like artificial intelligence, computers, coding, software development to increase marketability and the ability to demand more pay. Explore your feelings and share those feelings in a constructive way to help educate not only women, but other men as well. Stop only listening to red pill platforms that only focus on men's anger. Yes, there is a space for it because they articulate men's feelings, but they don't offer solutions that don't involve suppressing women's progress. They are merely profiting off male anger and facilitate the victim mindset. Men can succeed and rise in the feminist era. You just have to adjust your way of thinking and devise a strategy grounded in the reality of the new world. The answer isn't to set women backwards or require women to go back to the way it once was, which was oppression. Now, women, make it a point to learn a man's nature, his pressures and his purpose and desires. Too many of us haven't been listening and do not understand them. Understanding will help women love with knowledge, engagement with empathy and raise sons in a way that prepares them for the new world. Also, unless he's a physical danger to his kids, let the dad be involved in the children's life just as much as you are to prevent dad deprivation. Even if you don't like him, he broke your heart, or he's an asshole, the children need both parents equally. Dads need to know the same. Their presence is just as important as their financial support. Just remember, ladies, we have not succeeded if it's at the expense of our men. The answer is to elevate both sexes. Remember, when only one sex wins, both sexes lose. So if you want to learn more, I highly recommend reading the book, The Boy Crisis by Warren Farrell and John Gray. I've left some links in the episode description, as always, if you want to learn more. So ladies, do you think over the past few decades, we as a society focus so much on girls that we fail to prepare boys to adapt to changes in one, the role of men, where we don't need them as much to be the warrior and sole provider as they used to be. Two, the economy. With advances in technology, there's been a loss of like manufacturing or manual jobs. So the opportunities for this type of work just isn't there or has low pay. And three, the shift in the role of women. Women work, have more options, and are much more independent than in the past, leaving many men feeling like they're not really needed. 
I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is, especially if, if it's a kind of generational shift, are they starting with that expectation or with that molding forward to feel like a loss? Does that make sense? What do you mean? So, oh, like like if they're born saying you're going to be a warrior and soul provider? Yeah, like I don't feel like that's necessary. Since that hasn't been instilled in them, I don't, I guess I don't recognize where the suffering comes from. But maybe what you're asking is the what have we prepared them for? Right. So let me just say for one thing, so maybe not so much the warrior part, but definitely the sole provider, um, mm. because women still expect men to be providers. So the expectations of men hasn't really changed, <laughs> but society changed. And so, yes, just like women want um, the man to make more money than she makes. And so there's still that pressure of a man to, you know, earn, but then the opportunities aren't the same as it used to be. And so I think um, to your point, and I think that's a very good point where you're not born and then all of a sudden, but if now you're in a society and some of this is nature, you know, a boy's nature mm. and what, like, what would be their purpose where everything seems to be catering to uplifting the girls right now. Like what's mm -hmm. uplifting you, what's giving you that drive and that purpose. Girls, we have that drive and purpose, like, because, you know, some generations same, we couldn't. These, yeah. 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 Um, but I think we got there because we kind of had to fight to get there. I don't think that it was given to us or that someone was cater. Someone stopped catering to men and started catering to us more or paying more attention to us. It was, it's almost like that middle child syndrome to where you, now I have to go out and get it on my own because I can't expect anybody. So I just feel like women, we became more driven because it's like you're, nothing's going to be handed to me. So I have to go out and get it on my own. And right. so I think we're a little <laughs> bit more self-motivated, like it's intrinsic more than um, having expectations coming from outside sources. But but I, I don't, you don't think that that motivation has come from um, uh, a, a place of oppression. As we know, oppression is generational, just like, you know, Black people, you know, we still live with effects of uh, oppression from the generations before us. And so, yes, we are motivated because now we have opportunities or we have a struggle and we have to persevere. And where they haven't necessarily had that, it was just always, you know, inherent. Like, okay, <laughs> this is a man's world. And, you know, we still live in a male structure. So it's not yeah. like they're living in a, in that, in that state of oppression, kind of like they say, um, to the um, oppressed, I mean, sorry, to the privileged, um, equality feels like oppression. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's maybe a little bit of that to where they feel oppressed because there's a little more equality. Um, and Not, I, yeah, I can see that for sure, yeah. But I feel like they have, I mean, opportunities may look different, but the opportunities are still out there. And uh, maybe because, you know, you were used to like 
a certain type of career or whatever, um, and it doesn't look the way that you want it to look, and you feel it's beneath you, but opportunities are still out there for you to make money and for you to still be the provider of yeah. your family. I don't know. Yeah, I, and well, and and I I think so. But when think of a man's nature and the type of jobs that are out there now. And so boys, and not grown men, but I'm talking about young, youthful boys, a lot of energy. And so a lot of times working with their hands and being physical was very important. That's how they made their money. But we are in a different type of economy. Yeah. We are in a mental economy where education, where uh, the, as I mentioned, my food for thought, the um, industries that women dominate, healthcare, edu uh, education, you need a, a degree for. And it's not that physical labor and those physical labor jobs where men can rah, do all that man shit that's moved overseas. That's being taken over by AI technology and robots doing that work. And so yeah. now you're taking these active boys who also have difficulty in school because they have so much pent up energy. And now they're expected to just sit, you know, they're expected to sit in a classroom all the time. And not all boys, a lot of boys have adjusted, can adjust, but some have a hard time just being in school and doing all that mental work and preparing. And now they're doing away with recess and all of that other stuff that help boys um, in the education is, you know, kind of dwindling away. But I don't know that it is because the men are going to the same school as women. Like they're- But they're different. But that's what I'm saying, boys are different. Boys respond differently than girls. That, that's don't, what I'm don't they have like outlets such as sports and stuff like that, that they can focus on for, you know, like, yeah. I feel like there has to be something to level things off. Like there's something, there has to be an a, a, a equal ground where, where it's like the mental capacity because men are physically stronger than women um, by nature. So we, well, not always, but in general, in you general. know, in general they are. And so um, the one, the one place that, 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 um, our, our skills, um, can be leveled off is in the, in the, in the mental area. Right. And then physically, if you feel that your boy, your son, your, your, your brother, whoever, um, young male needs that extra outlet, then you have sports or you have, you know, stuff that you can sign them up for. Um, I think you should know your child. I think you should know what they need because not every um, boy as well needs that. Like I have a nephew and he is so intellectual and by nature, he, you know, his dad plays sports and does all of that. But by nature, he's just very stimulated by intellectual stuff. And when it comes down to like him playing with the other boys and wanting to fight and and, you know, play hard and stuff like that is not for him. Um, he, you know, he finds more value in, in, in having intellectual debates. So, but then, you know, there are other boys um, that I know, like you said, are very rambunctious, very just, you know, full of energy, uh, this unlimited amount of energy that I don't know where they get it from. And you're absolutely right. Innately, I've, no, I've realized this, like boys do um, behave differently and they do are a, a lot louder and more boisterous and stuff like that. But again, I, I think that if that's the case, find an outlet for them, but I don't think we should just cater to them because of that, because there has to be an even ground for us to be able to coexist and, and 
um, <clears throat> and compete with each other on a, on a fair level, right? And you take away the physical aspect of it. Like, uh, um, let's flip that point, Kay. What is it that women are dependent on? Are, what are we dependent on for our nurturing abilities? For our okay. nurturing skills? Okay, so I I guess I'm not understanding your 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 um, question. Okay, okay. So um, for instance, let's think of like it. Let's think of something that takes away a woman's um, like we're they're saying. Okay, so the point the book's point is for okay. a male, you know, we're taking away their their innate um, ability to. Do physical Provide. stuff. So okay, so maybe yeah. maybe I didn't make it clear that we're not it we didn't it's not taken away. It's just the world evolved. The world changed mm -hmm. and and I don't think the society mentally prepared people for that change. So they didn't start catering to boys and getting them to focus more on the mental. Mm. But but I think you made a good point about the physical activity and the sports thing because I talked to there's a, quite a few guys that I've talked to and they will say sports saved them. They mm -hmm. were able to get through school yeah. and get through college because of sports and that was their motivation. And so mm -hmm. those who are who have that ability it's great, but what about the the boy who's super active that is trash? you know, in sports, you know, especially as you get older, where it's more competitive, where if you're not right. good, you don't make the team. You don't make the team at all. Yeah. So I, so I don't think that it's more of, oh, we got to change everything to cater to the boys, but at least let's mentally prepare them for the new world. You have all, I mean, we see it all the time in our comments. We got a whole bunch of guys that are trying, want so desperately for the world to go back to the way it once was. Trump supporters, those guys are angry because they want to go back to the way it once was where they had factory jobs and they have not mentally prepared for the new world. Like it's a totally different world out there. And yes, you can still have that male role, but you have to do it within this new world. And that's what I think the ultimate, you know, my, my ultimate point was that we have not prepared them. We didn't tell them, look, the world is changing. So you got to move from this thought process is that you're going to be this and women are going to depend on you and just need you. And you're going to be running everything on your own when no, like you got to compete with these highly motivated, motivated women out here. And you but have to I, compete within this world that we have right here. But can I highlight something? I like, you made some great points and I do believe when I look at it holistically, I really have to say that men, male figures, father figures, uncle figures, whatever, I think they play a big role in that. If you really look yeah. at the resisting factors, it's really the males. Like women don't, aren't, aren't, we aren't really, and I'm not saying all women, there are some women that are like, you know, don't expect a man to have emotions and, you know, some mothers that are trying to raise rocks and not, you know, human beings and stuff like that. But I do believe that, you know, like there are those like super alpha men or I don't know if there's another name for that subset of men that just believe that, you know, men shouldn't do anything less than that, that are really resisting against that and not preparing it. So it's that toxic behavior of, of like male, I don't know if that goes into the show, the category of chauvinism or whatever, but that um, subcategory of men that just feel like anything beneath that is, is, is not masculine. So yeah. I don't think it's, 
I think men really need a majority of men really need to take that into consideration and 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 focus on relaying and passing that down to their men, the next yeah. generation of men, because it would be better received from them. Right. And that's in 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 and I mentioned that too is um the fathers, you know, absentee fa- fathers not being around. Like that it's it's not a woman can't make can't change this unless you know you're right. a single mom or whatever. But this is a male problem and it's a societal problem. Like I don't think it's oh all us women we need to come together. No, it's not going to work. We already know that. Um it's it's men. Fathers need to be there, be present. Fathers have to have the right mentality, first of all, to understand the new world and prepare his son for the new world, or not even the new world, the current world that we're in. And so, yeah, I don't not something that I can put on women. I think what we can put on women is just understand, because I think um, even reading it myself, it's um, even though I felt like I did understand, but you know, it's like, wow, it's a lot of pressure that I don't think that we know enough about. And I think it's important as women, you know, especially mothers to just have that empathy um, for men and just be, you know, just be a little more patient and understand what they go through because ultimately we're gonna, you know, we end up with men. And so we have to understand them. We're, you know, as women, we raise men. So we have to understand it. And so, yes, it's not all on women to fix it, but we definitely, we have to understand it or we'll all fail. I mean, we don't, we see what's going on. It's not helping crime, all these things. We're watching, we're watching, you know, um, the destruction that, you know, what these young men are doing to themselves and society and none of us win in that environment. And so that's why I think it's important that all of us know. Absolutely. Um... Thank you for that suggestion. I am going to order that book tonight. <laughs> yeah, that was um, a really dope conversation and, and definitely gives us a lot to think about and what part we can play in helping, um, you know, helping prepare our boys, you know, mm-hmm. whichever boys are in our lives. So um, another great conversation overall, ladies. Like this, this one was good. I um, cannot wait to hear the comments and the feedback from our listeners and our viewers. So thank you all again for joining us for another episode of Crucial Conversations. Um, you know the drill. Um, like, comment, subscribe, share. Um, follow us on all of the things at Crucial Conversations, C-R-E-W. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, ladies. Bye. Bye.